It's time to quit complaining and get involved. I'm asking you to do me, yourself, and all gun owners a favor. If you haven't already done it, sign up to be a Gun Talk True Squad member. It's free, and the sign-up is at guntalk.com. All it means is that you'll get an email from me now and then alerting you to issues. Also, it means you'll shoot an email or make a phone call when you see or hear bogus reports on gun ownership. I'll help you with the info you get as part of the True Squad. We need you on board. Welcome to Tom Gresham's Gun Talk, where a right is always a right, not a privilege. Hey, welcome to Gun Talk, and boy, is that ever true today, where a right is always a right, especially today, especially this week, especially since, well, exactly uh, 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time last Thursday, when the United States Supreme Court delivered its decision in the Heller case, the D.C. gun ban case. The United States Supreme Court came in and said, well, what a lot of us knew to be true all along, but some folks have gotten confused about that for a while, like for the last 70 years or so. A lot of state and federal courts have gotten confused about what the Second Amendment was. The, The Supreme Court came in and said, you know what? The Second Amendment to the United States is, in fact, an individual right. This Silly, silly notion that somehow it's a collective right. It's a right reserved for militias. It's a right reserved for the National Guard. The very idea defies understanding of history. But the Supreme Court said, no, 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 no. Justice Antonin Scalia wrote this beautiful decision, and it says this is an individual right. D.C., the District of Columbia, the nation's capital, cannot ban the ownership of handguns. Because, see, in D.C., it was against the law to own a handgun. It was against the law to own a functional firearm in your home, shotgun or rifle. had to be kept disassembled and unloaded or unloaded with a trigger lock or some kind of locking mechanism on it. In other words, you could not have a gun that was functional. You could not have a gun that you could use to protect your daughter, your son, your infant, your wife, your husband, or yourself could not have a firearm that worked in D.C. That's over. That part got tossed out, too, by the way. They said, that's not reasonable. Now, they did say, look, there's room here for reasonable gun laws. Now, we don't know what reasonable is, and that's pretty much an invitation by Justice Scalia to say, okay, come on back. Y'all come on back now. And we'll start working on the definitions of what's reasonable and what isn't. And that's already started because the the Second Amendment Foundation, working with the Illinois State Rifle and Pistol Association, filed suit in Chicago. See, Chicago has a ban just exactly, well, pretty much just like the D.C. ban, ban on handguns. So they file suit to challenge that, and they turn right around minutes later, file suit in San Francisco, challenging a ban on having a gun if you live in public housing. Can you imagine public housing? Can you imagine them saying, you know, if you live in public housing, you don't have a First Amendment right. You can't speak. You can't use a telephone. You can't use the Internet. You can't write a letter to anybody. You can't assemble because you see, because you lose that right because you live in public housing. Well, that's what they're saying about the Second Amendment. So watch for that one to get hammered 
also. Our number is 866-TALK-GUNS, or it's easier. Just dial one Tom Talk Guns, and we'll talk about this. We'll figure out what does it mean, what your thoughts are, what are you seeing, what are you hearing, what are your friends saying? Uh, have you found any of your friends say, ooh, that frightens me? That seems to be a word that's being used a lot now. Turn on a one of the morning talk shows, one of the, especially like even Fox or CNN, any of the morning news shows, see how often they use the word frightened or scary. Oh, that's, that's, that must have been frightening. Oh, that's, that's a scary thing. I don't know what that's all about. Line three, Vernon's with us out of Mooringsport, uh, Louisiana. Hello, Vernon, you're on Gun Talk. Uh, afternoon, Tom. How, how are you? Oh, just fine. Good. I, I, uh, mainly, just, uh, uh, want to say that uh, we, we don't lose sight of the big picture, uh, even if, you know, with a favorable Supreme Court ruling. But I, I hope everybody keeps in mind just how close this thing was. 5-4, couldn't be any closer. And, uh, and who appoints Supreme Court judges and how it would have gone if somebody like John Kerry had gotten elected or Al Gore, it would have gone the other way, I assure you. Well, you know, we could not have even brought the case to the Supreme Court. It would not have even been brought up if yeah. John Kerry or Al Gore had been elected because we'd know that we would lose. So the case had to come yeah. now. But to your point, it makes a very clear distinction between the two candidates we have for the presidential election this year, doesn't it? That's right. I was afraid you might be a little reluctant to say something about that. Sure. Well, a little caller come in and, uh, uh, and, and let everybody know that who, who is elected president and point the, the that's point right. That, 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 that's in, judge. That's right. The nominations come from the White House. Ver, Ver, right. Yeah. Vernon, I agree with you. I appreciate, you know, appreciate the call. Let's, let me just yak about that for a second. Um, the president nominates Supreme Court justices, but... In addition to that, the president also nominates uh, U.S. attorneys, justices to the federal bench. That's where you end up getting your Supreme Court justices. So it's the, the lower courts, the U.S. courts, the federal courts out there that you have to watch also. Whoever gets elected to the White House is going to have a, an effect for the next 30 or 40 or at least 40, I guess conceivably 50 years, but certainly 40 years as far as the judicial system. Now remember that Barack Obama was a constitutional scholar. He taught constitutional law in law school. In November of this year, Barack Obama said the D.C. gun case, the D.C. gun ban, a ban on handguns, a ban on functional firearms was constitutional. Barack Obama said the D.C. gun ban was constitutional. Now, interestingly enough, when the case came out and the Supreme Court said, nope, it's unconstitutional, you know what he said? Well, yeah, of course it's unconstitutional. You know, D.C. just went too far when they did that. Now, wait a minute, sir. You can't have it both ways. You can't say in November that this law, this hideous law, is constitutional. And, oh, by the way, you taught constitutional law and now you're telling us well of course it's not constitutional yeah we kind of we all knew that it's one way or the other and you know what i know which way you think because before it became a real heated thing you thought it was perfectly okay to ban the ownership of guns just i mean 
that's where you are. So if you're trying to figure out, well, there's not much difference between these two guys, or I don't really like McCain, or I don't look. If the gun issue means anything to you, if this is important to you, I think you may have just figured out where you need to be positioned on this. Maybe time to get out your yard signs. 866-TALK-GUNS, 866-TALK-GUNS. Supreme Court, Heller case, huge. Now we're going to start collecting some money. We're going to get some donations. We're going to buy some guns for those people in D.C. who originally filed the suit. 866-TALK-GUNS. This portion of Gun Talk is brought to you by Marlin. Built in America by American craftsmen since 1870. For generations, American sportsmen have made Marlin rifles their first choice for putting meat on the table. Strong, accurate, and solidly dependable. Marlin rifles set today's standard for quality and reliability. See your Marlin dealer and choose the rifle that's made right for you. Marlin, when you've hunted long enough for the best. Finally, the television channel you've been looking for, the Sportsman Channel, dedicated exclusively to hunting and fishing programming 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Absolutely no infomercials or variety programming, just tried and true hunting and fishing. To see what you've been missing, visit us at thesportsmanchannel.com and call your cable or satellite provider and request the Sportsman Channel today. The Sportsman Channel, all hunting, all fishing, all the time. You know, a friend of mine once told me he thought target shooting sounded kind of boring. Try knocking down targets and reloading when you're flying full tilt through a field course. Now that's a total rush. Not what you expected? Then give shooting a try. Find out how, where to get started, and much more at huntandshoot.org. Your heart is racing. Your trophy of a lifetime is within range. You only have a few seconds. Are you ready? You missed. Didn't you check your scope alignment after the long trip here? Or did you even check it after last year's hunt? Make sure your rifle is dead on before you go on any hunt with the Sight Light Mag Laser Bore Sighter. The Sight Light Bore Sighter will not only save you time and ammo, it will verify your sights in the field. Sight Light Mag Laser Bore Sighters are guaranteed more accurate than any other. Check them out at SightLightLasers.com. That's S-I-T-E-L-I-T-E-Lasers.com. Or call us at 800-472-4405. Sight Light Bore Sighters are available at Cabela's, Bass Pro, Brownells, Midway, the Sportsman's Warehouse, and other sporting good outlets. And next time, you won't miss. Ruger single-action revolvers have been around for decades, and they are world-famous for their strength and reliability. But like any firearm, they can be dangerous if handled carelessly or improperly. For more than a 100 years, it's been a well-known safety practice to keep an empty chamber under the hammer of any single-action revolver to prevent accidents caused by a drop or blow. In 1973, Ruger patented the transfer bar safety for its new model single-actions, which also prevents these accidents. And now you can get a similar safety mechanism factory installed free into your old model pre-1973 revolver, whether single six, Blackhawk, Super Blackhawk, or Bearcat. To take advantage of this offer, just write Ruger, and they'll send you the details and a shipping box. 
the new safety mechanism won't change the gun's appearance. And you collectors, you can get your original parts back. You won't find a better deal than that. Write to Sturm Ruger and Company, 1 Lacey Place, Southport, Connecticut, 06490. 866-TALK-GUNS, 866-TALK-GUNS. That's our magic number here. I'm Tom Gresham. It's Gun Talk. Let's go straight to the phones. Line 3, Ed's with us out of Woodmere, New York. Hello, Ed. Hi, Tom. How are you doing? Great. Uh, I'm really delighted by the Supreme Court decision, but when people are talking about how important it is that uh, the president elects judges, mm-hmm. I just want to remind you, nobody expected McCain-Feingold to pass, but the four judges that supported McCain are the exact same four judges that voted against us in the uh, Heller case. Mm-hmm. So I don't expect McCain to appoint any judge that would overturn McCain-Feingold. He's going to have to go with the same judges that uh, are currently voting their, their personal beliefs instead of the Constitution. Okay, well, there's got to be so, a therefore somewhere at the end of this, so therefore what? We should vote for Obama, who, who wants to ban guns? No, I just don't... I just want to... Uh, not, I mean, look, there's, there's, only, there's, only two, there's only two choices here. Well, yeah, but uh, I, I just don't want you to be too you know, pushing McCain on the point that the judges are what's going to make a difference. So you'll have to find something else, I think, because as far <laughs> as judges goes, it ain't going to help. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate it, Ed. That's, you know, another country heard from, as they say. I appreciate that. Paul, line four out of Milton, Florida. Paul, you're up on Gun Talk. Yeah, thanks, Tom. I understand that lots of people protect themselves without firing a shot, don't kill anybody, et cetera. But recently, Jesse Jackson, one, and many others have said it's so scary. More people die from guns. Uh, their relative kills them in their own house. They kill their son. They kill their father, et cetera, et cetera. Do you know if there's any truth at all to that statement? Yeah, this thing goes back, uh, oh, man, 20-plus years ago. There was a quote-unquote study done by a researcher named Arthur Kellerman, K-E-L-L-E-R-M-A-N, Arthur Kellerman. Uh-huh. And he was the one who came up with this quote. You may have seen it someplace where a gun in the home is 43 times more likely to kill a family member than it is an intruder. No, I haven't seen it that high, yeah. but I've, I've yeah, been this, this, it. This was touted, uh, oh, in the media. You'll still hear it coming up now and then. Uh Dr. Kellerman, a couple or three or four years later, had to go back and retract that because it was really bad research. It, was, uh, it wasn't true on the face of it. Of course, it ignores the fact that the, the purpose of a self-defense gun is not to kill somebody. It ignores the fact that you may a lot of people may have thwarted attacks without killing someone. Even if you shot somebody and they survived, he didn't count that as a good thing in terms of being effective self-defense. So he came back and, and modified that down significantly. And then there were some other researchers, Gary Collect, John Lott, came back and said, well, let's look at Kellerman's research here. Let's take a look at this. And then you run into the whole deal that uh, Jesse Jackson and such, they all said, well, you know, uh, you know people uh, are shooting people they know. You know. A gun is more likely to be used to shoot somebody you know or a relative. And then you start looking at it and you go, well, wait a minute. Look at all, all these shootings. The vast majority, and I'm not talking about a little bit, I'm talking about the vast majority, are people who have long criminal records. 
even if they're shooting their brother, even if they're shooting their daddy, even if they're shooting, you know, and of course, as I like to say, look, they, they talk about, well, the, this is between people who know each other. It's not random. Yeah. Pimps know each other. Drug dealers know each other. Those are all counted among people who know each other or are family members. The vast majority of these shootings are between people with long criminal records. And yet, the way they phrase it, they like to say, well, you know, it's family members, people who know each other. It sounds like people you play golf with. Uh-uh, ain't happening. It's people you do drugs with. That's what's going on out there. So um, I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it sound like, well, you know, uh, you're a reasonable person, but if there's a gun in your house, you're probably just going to go crazy and shoot all the members of your family. That's what they're trying to get you to do, and to think. And it's all a part of this you-should-be-frightened movement. You know, whether it's Katie Couric or, you know, Matt Lauer or Mayor of D.C. Fenty or the mayor of uh, Chicago Daily, all of them keep saying, frightened, 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 frightened. I'm scared. I'm scared. This is a frightening thing. This is a scary thing. The public should be scared, 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 scared. And you realize that is their leverage. That is their motivation. They want to frighten the public into taking action, even though the action actually makes the public less safe. It makes them more vulnerable. Uh, line one, Tim's with us in Reno, Nevada. Hey, Tim, how you doing? Doing good. Hi, Tom. Congratulations on this great victory, by the way, to all my uh, fellow gun owners out there. Absolutely. Now, Tom, I was hearing uh, another talk show where Paul Malmke came out, and he said that the words are well-regulated, uh, in the Second Amendment, the word regulated was the only constitutional right that uh, the government has. Well, <laughs> if that's, if that is the case, Tom, um, when I go get a gun, uh-huh. I fill out a questionnaire, mm-hmm. I get a, a background check, right. fingerprinted, I get a 10 days waiting period, and if I want to carry this gun, the process starts all over again. And I get a picture taken. That's a lot of regulation. I'm not not exactly sure how much more regulation does he want. Well, he (laughs) he wants it to be regulated so that they can say you can't do it. I mean, that's real. I mean, you make an excellent point. I appreciate it, Tim. You know, you occasionally see people say, well, you know, uh, the gun industry is just basically unregulated. And go, really? Really? Is there another product out there that when the moment it is created... It, when the serial number goes on, at that point, complete record keeping on that item takes place, and the person who makes it or the company that makes it has to be licensed. And then when you ship it to the distributor, that distributor has to be licensed. And when you ship it to the dealer, that distributor, that dealer has to be licensed. And the transfer of that product at every step along the way has to be recorded in books that are open to inspection by federal inspectors. And then when the dealer sells it to the mem- a member of the public, the FBI gets involved. And so it's a three-way participation. So you have a dealer and the FBI and the person who wants to buy the gun. And the person can buy the gun only if the FBI says, yes, we've checked on that and this person is okay. Uh, this is one of the least regulated industries out there. It just doesn't make any sense. So now what we have is the Supreme Court says the right to keep and bear arms is an individual right. You, you, the individual, has a right, you have a right to keep and bear arms. 
Now we start the process. Uh, we've had Alan Gura on the show today. We've had Alan Gottlieb on the show today. Uh, Alan Gura, the uh, attorney of record for the Heller case. Alan Gottlieb, who has immediately filed suits in Chicago and in San Francisco to push back, push back, to regain our lost rights. These are important civil liberties, civil rights that we are regaining. So now we start a 20-year process. Got a question for you. When your son or daughter looks at you and says, Mommy, Daddy, what did you do in the Great War to regain gun rights? Where are you going to be answering them? Line two, Jim's with us in Salt Lake City, Utah. Hello, Jim. Uh, how are we doing today? I'm great. I just wanted to see what your thoughts were on the uh, proposed change on national parks and lands. Well, currently, firearms are prohibited. They have to be locked up in your car trunk, all these other draconian uh, regulations. Well, you know, of course, there is a, uh, a move afoot. In fact, tomorrow is the last day that you can wade in and uh, post your comments uh, for allowing guns in the National Park Service, National Parks. But very interesting question with the Heller case coming in and the Supreme Court saying that the federal government, to, you know, to, saying to the federal government, the Second Amendment is an individual right. Can the federal government ban guns on in national parks, in national monuments? Now, some are going to say, well, of course they can, because you, know, you could ban guns in schools or courtrooms. Well, we're going to find out. I guess the answer to your question is very simply, we don't know yet. I am of the opinion that those are probably going to fall, because if you have a right to own a gun, if you have a right to own a gun in your state, Stepping across a boundary that now is a national forest, national park, national monument shouldn't change that. You should, if anything, have even more right when you get to the federal land. So I think that's going to be one of the many dozens upon dozens upon dozens of lawsuits that are going to be brought forth. We're going to see a ton of these. So I go back. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate that. I go back to the question. When your son or daughter asks you, what what did you do in the great war to regain gun rights? What's your answer going to be? I stood by and watched. I applauded. I said, yeah, you guys go ahead. Or will you say, yeah, I got involved. I did something. I was there. I was working. I was fighting. I was pushing for our Second Amendment rights. I fought for America. And if you don't say that, if you can't say that, shame on you. Shame on you. 866-TALK-GUNS. I'm Tom Gresham. This is Gun Talk. Gun Talk, where there's more to talk about than shooting. There's reloading and hunting and self-defense, too. And there's gun rights to talk about. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, we're talking about that. In case you just woke up, been in a cave, or just came in from a bear hunting camp and didn't know, the Supreme Court came in Thursday with a decision on the Heller case, the D.C. gun ban case. A short version is... The Supreme Court of the United States says that the Second Amendment to the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, 
says that you have an individual right to own a gun. Furthermore, what they said in Justice Antonin Scalia's decision was that this is a pre-existing right. This is not a right granted to us by the government. The government does not give us the right to keep and bear arms. The Constitution does not grant us the right to keep and bear arms. The right pre-existed the formation of the country. It was a natural right. It was a right that you have because you are alive, because you breathe, because it is the right to stay alive. Life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Ever heard of that one? If you don't have a gun, it can put you in a place where you die. And the government can't put you in a place where you must die for their agenda. Very interesting stuff. Fascinating stuff. Very exciting. I mean, I'm jazzed. I got to tell you, I'm jazzed. Line four, Easy's out in Portland, Oregon. Hey, Easy, how you doing? Oh, well, hello there, Mr. T. Yes, sir. How can we help you? I'm a long-time listener and a first-time caller. Well, thank you. I'm glad glad you joined us. (laughs) Bear with me for a minute. Sure. I I came in kind of late, and I noticed that the topic was somewhat of something about housing, low-income. And Mm -hmm. uh, were you saying that they're trying to prevent the citizens of the housing units or whatever to not own Oh, okay. Yeah, let me explain. In San Francisco... If you are in public housing, the law is you cannot have a firearm in public housing. So if you live there in public housing, you lose your Second Amendment rights by their city law. And so a lawsuit was just filed immediately after the Supreme Court decision came in. A lawsuit was just filed in San Francisco by the, the Second Amendment Foundation to challenge that law. So, yeah, that's exactly it. If you if you live in public housing, you can't have a gun in San Francisco. That's interesting. So what, what action is taking or going to be taken to uh, to counter this? Well, a lawsuit was just filed challenging that and in federal court there. So now the procedure will start, and it will go through you know all the procedures of a regular lawsuit. My guess is that this will be – I mean, we're going to win this one. Uh, San Francisco cannot possibly justify saying that you can't have a civil right. You're, you can't have your Second Amendment rights just because you live in public housing. I mean, they can't say that uh, you lose your right to free speech. They can't say that if you live in public housing, you lose the right to not incriminate yourself. They can't take away your constitutional rights because you live in public housing. They can't. Interesting. Uh, the reason I'm asking is because, you know, I'm calling from Portland, Oregon, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm sure you heard about public uh, – I mean, correction, I'm, I'm sure you heard about uh, Portland, Oregon is a place where they seem to care more about Osama Bin Laden and Saddam Hussein than veterans and et cetera. <laughs> Some uh-huh. of them. Yeah, it's rather interesting. Yeah, it, it is. It, it is. Well, this is all going to be very interesting, and I'll, I'll guarantee you these suits are going to happen fast. And also, I'll tell you what, there are going to be a lot of cities that are going to proactively change their laws because they're going to look at this and go, well, that's a loser, and if we get sued, it's going to cost us a bunch of money that we don't have. So they're going to start changing their laws. So, easy. listen, thank you for calling. I'm glad you've been listening, and uh, spread the word, if you would, please. Let's see, line four, Paul's in Natchitoches, Louisiana. Hello, Paul, you're on Gun Talk. Yeah, how you doing today, Tom? Great. Uh, real quick, first of all, don't ever underestimate the uh, the left-wing liberals and their uh they're, they're kind of like the Borg on the Star Trek. You, no matter how many times you kill them, they just keep replicating and coming back. So I, they're going to come after your guns through some kind of tort bill, tort reform, uh, product liability, something on that level. So can't, I, you know, can't do it anymore. Can't do it. That's already been preempted. Well, that, and hopefully that sticks. Uh, I, I'm reading a little article real quick about the D.C. police chief uh, 
<laughs> says this this only uh, allows you to own a revolver. That uh, semi-automatic weapons are still illegal in Washington D.C. and they're going to enforce the law. And if you come outside your house with your gun, they're still going to arrest you. Yeah, the uh, they're still grappling with this in D.C. Yeah, see, in D.C. they have defined a semi-automatic as a machine gun. Very interesting. Now. That won't hold up. They can't make not. that. I mean, they can't make that hold up. That's that's going to go down fast. And the idea that you know, if you come out of your house with your gun, well, I'm sorry, you have to be able to transport your legally owned firearm from the place where you live to that's the place right. where you shoot, or from the place where you bought it to the place yeah. where you live. I mean, just any yeah. level of that. Logic. So, I mean, all of that's going to fall. And I expect them to make these kind of silly statements, you know. And they're they're still trying to save face and saying, but 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 no. You're wrong. You lost. Go home, as Charles Barkley likes to say. So, you know, they're going to lose all of these. Don't worry about it, Paul. And yes, but to your point, you are absolutely right. They're not going to give up. They're going to look for more creative ways to go after us. And if anything, as uh, Alan Gottlieb said, we're probably going to have even more bills introduced to try to steal or shut down gun rights. So, this is all going to be most interesting. We'll, we'll kind of see how this thing develops, but I guarantee you it's going to be something else to watch over the next uh, 15, 20 years anyway. 866-TALK-GUNS, 866-TALK-GUNS. Give me a holler. We're talking about the D.C. gun case celebrating the reestablishment of the Second Amendment in the United States of America. I'm Tom Gresham. Successful hunters know big bucks move early and late, often when it's too dark for common scopes. When that monster steps out, you might see him through the scope, but the crosshairs disappear. All that work and you can't take the shot. But with the Trigicon AccuPoint scope, you'll get the shot. Its bright aiming point glows in daylight or darkness. No batteries needed. AccuPoint scopes are water-resistant and nitrogen-filled, feature multi-layer coated lenses for the brightest image, and you can adjust brightness of the aiming point to match the conditions. Adding 10 or 15 minutes to each end of the day can double the magic moments when the trophies move. You can't hit the target if you can't see the sights. Trigicon AccuPoint scopes. Check out the different models at Trigicon.com or call 1-800-338-0563. Brilliant aiming solutions from Trigicon. Hey, did you see Beretta's 2008 spring catalog yet? It's full of Beretta's best, from field-tested safari clothing to the best hunt clothing and accessories to superbly designed outdoor wear for men and women, all backed by 500 years of tradition and technological innovation. Visit ShopBeretta.com anytime to browse their complete line. Call 1-800-929-2901 to have the free catalog mailed directly to you. Beretta, 500 years, one passion. You want the newest rifle innovations, and that's what the Smith & Wesson iBolt rifle delivers. From the match-grade barrel to the one-piece weaver scope mount, this gun defines the next generation of rifles. Your iBolt rifle includes patented features such as the easy-turn bolt release, true-set trigger so you can set it the way you want it, recoil reduction chamber, X-bed stock design, it's stronger, lighter, and flush sling mounts. Get the details on the iBolt rifle from Smith & Wesson. Visit smith-wesson.com. 
Whether you hunt with a bow, rifle, or shotgun, Browning has the clothing to get the job done right. Browning Outdoor Clothing is loaded with features that add comfort and functionality. Things like mesh moisture barrier strips, expander pockets, featherweight neoprene cuffs, the patent-pending gear retriever system, and seamless shoulder construction, to mention only a few. Visit Browning.com and discover for yourself all the features that make Browning Outdoor Clothing your best choice. Browning Outdoor Clothing, the best there is. Taurus Millennium Pistols feature lightweight, ease of use, and reliability. Now add raw 45 caliber power to that with the incredible PT-145, a subcompact auto with a full 10-round magazine. The PT-145 has a manual safety, the Taurus security system, and a great price. Only 23 ounces, the polymer frame, double action, only PT-145 is the best value in a compact 45. And you can get it with night sights. Check out the PT-145 at TAURUSUSA.com. Hey, want to get that huge Brownells catalog for free? Now you can get this source for parts, cleaning products, gunsmith supplies, and tools for just a phone call. Brownells is famous for selection, service, and satisfaction. Tell them you heard about it on Tom Gresham's Gun Talk, and they'll send it to you for free. Call 1-800-741-0015. 1-800-741-0015. 1-800-741-0015. The Brownells catalog for free. 1-800-741-0015. All right, welcome back to Gun Talk. 866-TALK-GUNS. You know, if, you, uh, if you're part of the True Squad, if you are getting our newsletter, and it's free, you would have heard about this minutes after it happened. We sent out a newsletter minutes after the Supreme Court came in with the full write-up on it. If you haven't read that, you can go to either guntalk.com or guntalk.tv, and you can see my complete write-up on that. By the way, um, just to, let me just say this, because we just put some new videos up at guntalk.tv. One of them is uh, Clint Smith. Actually, there's several Clint Smith ones there, but the one I'm talking about is on it is a uh, it's a gripping, upsetting, maybe, video with Clint talking about gun safety in very very specific cases of accidents. Uh, if you are serious about gun safety, this is something you need to see. You need to share this video. It's about four or five minutes. You need to share this video with people you shoot with, people you care about. Go to guntalk TV. Serious stuff from a guy who really, really cares. I mean, all I did was I said, Clint, what do you want to talk about? And this was top of mind for him. So uh, for making us all safer, take a look at that. Guntalk.tv. Let's see here. Uh, line one. Roy's with us. Palmer, Alaska. Hey, Roy. Hey, how you doing, my friend? I'm well. Well, I have often wondered about these unconstitutional laws that they pass, and now mm-hmm. they reaffirm the Second Amendment right. What happened to those folks who stood up and believed and probably went to jail because they had a gun? Ooh. And another thing was, you know, where's their recourse? And whether or not that criminal history can be erased so they can uh, go out mm-hmm. and buy another gun. It's a, it's, a great, it's a great. Let me let me just touch on it. That's a great concept because you know if you were convicted of a gun law that now is found unconstitutional, violation of a gun law that's now found to be unconstitutional, I would think you could immediately get a lawyer to take that up and appeal that. 
Well, yeah, that'd be fine. You know, getting a lawyer, it sounds real easy. It comes out of your mouth real quick. Uh, having the funds to do so, especially since they've been branded as, quote, unquote, a criminal, and violated that law, that's on their record. They won't be able to buy another weapon. Uh, not if not if you can get it overturned and expunged. You, you'd be okay. Um, it's it's. It, and by the way, and, and Jim just asked me, no, it's not ex post facto. This would be you would have been convicted of a law that has been not not only been found to be unconstitutional, but was in fact at the time unconstitutional. That should be a quick reversal, not necessarily easy. But uh, to your point, Roy, I understand what you're saying, but I think you could probably find it. You know, somebody. I think anybody could find a lawyer who would take this up. Hey, maybe we can get the ACLU to help us out on that one. What do you think? Well, maybe not. Line two, Jay's with us, Portland, Oregon. Hello, Jay. Hey, Tom. You were talking about buying the original, getting the original six plaintiffs a firearm. Yes. I have a suggestion. Okay. Taurus makes an absolutely beautiful little approximately K-frame, four-inch, ported barrel, 45 ACP revolver that uses full moon, full moon clips. And I'll bet Taurus would just be delighted to help you out on that project. Uh, you know what? I'll bet you any gun manufacturer would help us out on that. Actually, we were trying, we were, uh, I will tell you, we were trying to get Bob Morrison from Taurus on the show today, and I think he's out of cell phone reach, but we were trying to run him down. Uh, we actually, and because, we got to sort this out in D.C. They're saying that, you know, you can't own a semi-auto there. We've got some folks have already suggested, Dean uh, over in California suggested, we call this uh, Six Guns for the Six. And uh, maybe that's the way to go on this one. But I will uh, I'll take your idea and play with it a little bit, Jay, because I'm not sure. I think every gun manufacturer out there would be interested in participating in this. I appreciate your call. What I was talking about, what Jay was referring to, was uh, – I wish it were my idea, but it wasn't. One of our Gun Talk listeners suggested, why don't we take up a collection and get for the original six people, the plaintiffs in the D.C. gun ban case, now that they can legally own a gun, why don't we take up a collection and get them their guns? Special presentation models for the D.C. gun ban six. I like it. I'm all over it. And I'm going to do it. It's just simple as that. I don't know how. I don't know what. If you want, if you want to get involved in this, if you want, you know, be a part of it, probably the best thing to do is either go to GunTalk.com. Just go to GunTalk.com, and you can sign up for the newsletter. It's free. I'm not going to bother you. We don't sell your name or give it away or anything. You know, I'm not going to do that to you. Uh, and then we'll send you a note if you're on that list. I'll talk about it on the show, of course, but that'll be a little bit more direct way to get there. Line three, Louie is in Arkansas. Hello, Louie. You're on Gun Talk. Yeah, this is Lee. Hey, Lee, how you doing? It's fine, buddy. Um, listen, I'm so so just absolutely thrilled that you know this pass. However, what's going to happen to ammunition? Nothing. It, it won't won't affect us one way or the other. Nope, not a thing. Bills? No, 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 no. Look, the Supreme Court has said you have a right to own a gun. Nobody's going to come along and ban ammo because that would be like saying, "Well, you have a right." to uh, free speech, but we're going to ban computers and, and printing presses. Everybody would understand, no, that violates the law. 
not going to happen. Now, we are going to have our problem that ammunition is expensive, but that's a whole different issue. That's why a bunch of us, including Jim, who's a producer on the show, and I just got our reloading presses from the good folks at Mech, so we're going to get that cranked up. But that's a whole different issue. But no, no, no. Nobody's going to be making a run on ammunition. Can't do it now that we know the Second Amendment is, in fact, an individual right. 866-TALK-GUNS. Give me a call. I'm Tom Gresham. We're back with you. 866-TALK-GUNS. Tom Gresham here. Gun Talk. We're having some fun because we're celebrating big time. I'll guarantee you we are celebrating today. I, I, I tell you what, this Supreme Court case, I've been just about floating since it came in. Honestly, it is such a huge deal. I, I can't get over it. Now, understand that this is our first step. This is, you know, the gun banners always used to like to talk about whichever gun ban or gun law they pass. They said, we are, it's not really going to stop crime, but it's a good first step. Okay. This decision is not going to decide everything, but it's a good first step. And I repeat the question because we're looking at another 20 years of this, at least. When somebody asks you, where were you in the great gun rights fight? What did you do in the Great War? What are you going to tell them? Did you get involved? Will you get involved? Hmm. Uh, line four, Tom's with us, Sparks, Nevada. Hey, Tom. Hi, Tom. This I, excuse me, I'm a little nervous. That's all right. I, I love your question. I just dive into it, man. Um, you know, with with this victory, there's going to be a lot of lawsuits coming around. And the NRA and their legal branch is going to need some money. Mm-hmm. I've not been in an, well, I have in the past, and I've let it lapse, but I'm going to renew my membership, and I'm going to give a donation to the uh, legal aspect of the NRA to help further this fight. Excellent. You know, I think that's where... A lot of us have to be. I think it's time for a lot of folks to kind of sit up and say, okay, they got it growing. Even if you said, oh, I never thought they were going to do that. I never thought we could get this far. Now all we've done is we've taken the first step. It's going to take a lot of effort and work. And and there are several ways to get involved. Certainly everybody should. Look, I don't care what your problem is with them. you got to belong to the NRA. If you care at all about gun rights, you've got to belong. You simply have to. Another thing you could do that costs you absolutely no money is get involved in the True Squad. That's the group that I put together of volunteers who will challenge the media when they say incorrect things. How's that for being polite? And all you got to do for that is go to the uh, the website, guntalk.com, and sign up for the True Squad. All it means is I'm going to send you an email every now and then. Uh, just sign up for the True Squad. So that's another way. Getting involved. You know what? A great way to get involved say, okay, this is what I did in the great gun war. The great gun rights war, I introduced people to shooting. I became a certified firearms instructor, and I started teaching people to shoot. That's a wonderful thing that anybody can do. You can do that. And you know what we need? We need a lot, a lot more women shooting instructors. So if you're a woman, if you like to shoot, you can become a certified firearms instructor. That would be terrific. Richard's on line three, Abilene, Texas. Richard, don't have much time. Dive in. 
Uh, yes, sir. I, someone called earlier uh, talking about the word regulated in the uh, Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. And the, that word doesn't mean the same thing today that it meant back in the days of the founders. And in today's vernacular, it'd be, it would be more properly replaced with trained and equipped or equipped that a well-trained and equipped militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms, shall not be infringed. Yep, exactly. The closest, thing, the closest thing we have to it in today's vernacular is when you say somebody's regular army. You know, yeah. they, they, and, you know, and the individuals now, all it means is that you, you're practiced, you know what you're doing. So, yeah, exactly. you got to look back. In fact, they did that, and Justice Scalia did that in the decision, look back at what the, the meaning of the words were back when they wrote them in the 1700s. If you haven't had a chance to do it, go download the whole Supreme Court decision. We're going to be uploading that in the next day or so to guntalk.com. You can yank it down. Great reading. Celebrate. Have yourself an adult or even just a cold diet beverage and a little toast to the folks at the Supreme Court and to you, my friends. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.